1: Hello, 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 everybody. How are you guys doing tonight, or this morning, or this afternoon? I'm not quite sure when you are listening uh, to the podcast, but uh, hey, we're glad you're here. Oh, by the way, uh, this is Joaquin um, with the Overflow Podcast at thisisoutcry.com. Today, I am um, writing solo. I am by... Myself. Wah, wah, wah. I, um, Jay could not make it today, uh, but he sends his regards. And so, you get me. So now, I say all that because since, since I am rocking solo, I've uh, got a feeling that today is going to be the, uh, shortest, uh overflow podcast that you will have uh experienced so you'll probably be able to listen to this uh in one car ride uh to the house right one car ride one car ride or or one car ride to work so you'll be able to listen to the whole thing when you get to work On your way to work inspired by my soloness uh so since jay couldn't be here today uh, with us, listen, I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. I have to have somebody here with me. So, today, joining me as a guest host, I didn't mention his name earlier. He's, a, he's kind of a quiet fella, he is not one to really um, say much. Uh, but today, uh, joining us here is the one and only Mr. Tony Montana, aka Scarface. As Scarface, as Scarface, yes, Scarface, the one and only Tony Montana is here as our guest host. Now, if you want to see him, uh, you can go to our Instagram page. Uh, this is outcry uh, Instagram, or you can go to uh, my Instagram, Joaquin Atlanta, at uh, Joaquin Atlanta, or at This Is Outcry, and you can see uh, Tony Montana. He's standing there by the microphone. But he's kind of looking at me. He's kind of he's kind of giving me the side eye. I'm really not quite sure what to do with that or what to think. Um, I just got to make sure I keep him in front of me. Uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie, you know he is a bit of a dangerous fella. And so we do not want to uh, upset him. So with that being said, I just want to say uh, once again, hello, 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 everybody. Uh, just as always, we always like to kind of talk about our week. So, uh, hey, man, my week has been pretty great. It's been pretty smooth at work, which, you know, it's the best. I got the, you know, super easy job. uh, Basically just sit there and wait for people to call me. And I love it when I don't get a whole lot of phone calls. So it's been just chill at work. Me and my uh, partner at work have been hanging out. Um, One of the things we do is uh, we watch uh, the news all day because I work in security. And so we like to know what's going on just in case uh, there's something going on uh, in one of our stores. Uh, so that we can uh, be ready to jump on it and uh, assist them. And so, uh, hey, listen, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the news today. We uh, we had some, uh, over the weekend, uh, we had some uh, terrorist attacks in uh, India, or was it Bangladesh, I believe it was. Uh, you know, uh, you know, lots of people died. I, I don't have the, the information in front of me, but in India we had some more terrorist attacks. And as always, we want to remember uh, the people... Uh, I mean just this last week in India uh in Baghdad you know terrorist attacks and so we just want to you know turkey and uh I think it was the week before so we just want to you know as 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 believers uh we want to remember to pray uh for those uh they get they that are that are in those situations um we might not be there with them uh physically but we can pray and you know we can't uh, you know, ask God to just, you know, show himself, listen, um, God, right, can, God can just, right, he can just, you know, people talk about how they've just had dreams of Jesus, my, uh, my, my grandmother's uh, husband, who had passed away uh, uh, several months now, you know, he was in a Cuban prison, and he, and he said how he had a dream, and that's, and he saw Jesus in the dream, and in the dream, uh you know Jesus spoke to him and that was that was how uh he came to uh know Christ and uh, a man that I admire greatly uh he would uh, always get up and he would read his word every morning, afternoon and evening. He just did not you know there was never any reason for him not to read his word. He probably read it every year. You know, he probably read the whole thing every year through. So there's always, you know, let's just remember those uh overseas um you know with just uh other stuff they have going on now, the other thing is um uh let's uh remember the families um you know uh you know just within the last uh 2 days we had a an African American gentleman that was uh shot by police in Baton Rouge Louisiana and then we had uh i think it was yesterday like i said it was back to back uh had a gen- another African American gentleman shot by a police officer uh in uh, st paul minnesota uh both you know tragic situations and you know i'm not here to try to get political or try to say well you know this is why it happened or this is not what happened or if this had happened or if this didn't happen I, listen i'm not interested in having those conversations um on the pod. Now, I'll have those conversations all day with you in person. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I'll have those conversations all day. But on, on this, you know, the, the, the main thing that I definitely want to put out is that we need to, you know, there needs to be a lot of prayer and action, you know, a lot of uh, feet uh, to our prayers uh, need to go out uh, when, when these situations happen. You know, emotions run high. Uh, people are uh, upset and, and angry and hurt. And as as the church. Um, as believers, uh, if we can't be in those, if we can't be in those places, we need to pray, uh, you know, for the families and the children uh, of those involved. And and uh, we need to also uh, if we are in those locations, you know, if you are in Baton Rouge, if you are in, you know, St. Paul, Minnesota, we need to, you know, uh, be there to, to pray for people and to, to share the love of Christ and to bring the love of Christ uh, because it's easy, it's so easy, uh, to get caught up in the politics. It's so easy to, uh, get caught up in, 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 wanting to be on one side or wanting to be on the other side or, you know, this, that, or the other. And, and so then all we end up doing is just, we end up screaming at each other. I and mean, that's the problem, right? One of the biggest problems that we, we seem to have in today's society is that we all, we all just want to yell at each other. We don't want to listen, uh, to the, to the other person's perspective, um, and so and so we just you know it's just always just a lot of chaos and a lot of drama and, and all that. And as as believers, uh, you know, I would hope that you know our allegiance to Christ and our allegiance to, to you know you know to the Lord is greater than our allegiance to any political party or political ideology. And so I just uh you know, I just want to throw that out there, agree, disagree. Uh listen, um I'm gonna love you anyway if 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 you disagree with me. Uh, because at the end of the day, right, I, I had a conversation with some folks a couple of weeks back, and, and I said, look, at the end of the day, you know, we're all God's children. At the end of the day, you know, uh, it doesn't matter where we fall in the spectrum of, of you know, ideas or ideology or, or politics. Um, God loves me, and so I love you. And it's that simple. And that's as simple as it should be. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be really any more complicated uh, than that uh so with that with that kind of uh, being said uh super excited uh because uh today's recording uh, this is I believe the twenty fifth podcast so we're twenty five in uh, and uh we're using new equipment we're using new equipment that we hope uh will enhance the podcast we hope it'll make it better uh, It definitely will allow us to uh, include uh, more people. I will be able to to uh, have uh, more guests here in, quote-unquote, studio, which the studio is my, my little tiny, itty-bitty 600-square-foot uh, apartment, so we can have, like we had with Angel a couple of podcasts ago. We'll be able to have uh, more people here in studio, and uh, I hopefully, um, well, not hopefully, I will be working on how we can also have people uh, over the phone, guests over the phone, so we can uh, include that, and I believe with... This equipment. Um, it should make it a little easier to like do the videos, whatever. So I apologize uh if it's too low. Um, like I said, this is the very first time we're using this equipment. So we're gonna be working on adjusting the audios. I'm sorry if it maybe it's a little it's a little bright. Uh, I wasn't able to get those little foam cover thingies for the microphones. Very technical, I know, Maya. Uh, my uh, my language here right super duper technicals like thanks Joaquin you're very welcome um uh with that being said what else is going on uh really i mean that's it um my record uh, collecting addiction continues i've you know picked up some new records and listen if uh, anybody if you love music I, I love music right i love worship music i love hip hop uh right now i'm really into a lot of soul music you know we're talking like uh stacks records, uh, you know, even, like, the Motown stuff, you know, real funky, groovy stuff, and I watched this, uh, documentary, uh, the other day on Netflix called, uh, Muscle Shoals, and if you ever get a chance, if you love music, if you love soul music, you know, any kind of music, whatever, check it out, it is fantastic, and it, and it, uh, plays, and it shows, uh, a lot of, uh, artists from the past and just the music the incredible music they made and as you know being an old guy I, I think and this music is even older than me and I still think it's better than even the stuff now or even the stuff when I was a kid growing up I still think it's better uh it, it's just uh I love I love I love some funkiness and if you love funkiness let me know let us know in the comments uh because we like to keep it funky uh, uh, uh. uh what else is going on like I said I'm 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 Riding solo, let me look at my notes. Oh, uh one of the cool things, um, I heard from my parents uh today. They uh they I don't I don't know if I mentioned this last week when my parents went to Honduras on a medical mission trip. And uh they you know, they go do translation work. Uh my dad I don't think my dad does much translation work. I think what he actually does is He just goes, walks into the village, and he just hangs out in the village, and he just talks to people and shares the gospel. And uh, my mother uh, hit me back. They just got back to the to the main uh, missionary uh, house where they're gonna stay. uh, I think for the next couple of days before they they come back on Saturday, and my mom or tomorrow, I guess you listen to this Friday, so tomorrow. But today, anyway, you get what I'm saying. So they'll be coming back Saturday. And uh, my mother told me that it was like uh, about 300 salvations, about 300 people uh, accepted Christ for the first time. As believers, that is super duper, 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 exciting. Uh, I just, um, wow, that's like amazing. Because I don't even think they had that many last year. So it looks like God just was really showing up, showing out, uh, you know, uh, during this trip. I'm really excited to hear the stories and to hear what's going on. Um, my mom just sent me a pic of my dad, uh, holding, you know, two really cute little girls. And, you know, my parents are, are grandkids crazy right now, and I'm not giving them any, or me or my sisters. So they're a little, uh, so if you got kids, if you got a kid, a cute kid, no, I don't want no ugly kids. If you got a cute kid and you're looking for some, uh, Puerto Rican grandparents, I got some that can help you. Now, you'd have to live in the Atlanta area. Um, to to gain the full benefit to that, but I'm offering them up. They don't know it yet, but they will if you hit me up. If you let us know. But uh, so anyway, so you know, I say so. It's just really exciting. I'm a huge proponent of uh, of of mission trips. Uh, I hope that if uh, any of you that are listening, if you've never gone uh, to a mission trip, uh, especially to another country, uh, I encourage you to uh, either see if your church is doing one. If your church isn't doing one. Find a church you can kinda you can go with as a you know a special guest. Most churches will not turn you away. They're more than happy to have you join them uh on their on their missionary journey. Um <clears throat> I'm saying um a lot, right? I'm not used to talking by myself. I apologize for that. I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to work on doing this solo so that I can so when I start my rant podcast, right, it'll it'll flow better. Uh, but however, whatever the case may be, if you get a chance to go on a mission, trip, I mean, I've been to uh, Mexico, I've been to Nicaragua, um, I've even done stuff in Florida, uh, California, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, I've been, uh, I've been a few, excuse me, I've been a few places, Texas, and i am gonna tell you what, uh, there's nothing, you know, doing stuff at home is, is, is really the best Right. So we we need to find, you know, those things, those ways that we can share the gospel where we live, you know, first and foremost. However, as as a young believer, even as an old believer, whether you're a young believer, old believer, you know, rookie or veteran, you know, however you want to say it. There's just something about going out overseas or or going out of your state and working, working with uh, another people group. And I say this not as, a, well, you know, oh, hey, we're coming here to save the poor underprivileged. Because if that's your mentality, then, you know, man, change your mentality. But it's about perspective. You know, it's about being somewhere that is not like your home. And being able to see how other people live. And it and it gives you perspective. And uh, I, I know for some people on, on some trips I've been to, you know, Uh, people come back and they're like, you know, wow, I, I don't, I don't look at things the same way. Like, you know, my, my eyes and how I view the world has, 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 uh, shifted because now I'm looking at it a little more through the lens of the gospel instead of through the lens of me, which is what tends to happen a lot of times. This is why we look at people and we're like, eh, don't talk to me eh, stay away from me. Eh, don't look at that guy. Don't give that guy money eh, eh, eh," while we're here. Because we get so caught up in ourselves, we get so caught up in our lives. So the idea to be able to step away for a week or two uh, and see how other people live, see how, um, you know, maybe people that don't have the the same things we have or the same opportunities, uh, the same wealth, uh, any of those things, you know, that that does and that can't change. You know, it doesn't change how you you view the world. And you come back and, and you come back looking at things a lot differently. So we're always you know uh here at at outcry we will always encourage people to go on uh, mission trips uh because they uh they are life changing and you will you will grow you'll see miracles i remember uh quick story before um, we continue i mean i remember uh i was in uh, mexico and we it was two things that happened that were just phenomenal. Fin- i can never get tired of telling of telling these uh these stories because for me they show they showed God at work in a way that was unexpected or in a way that he always has worked. You know, we've seen it in scripture, but I didn't I've never experienced it. So I was just kind of like, "Whoa, like this is amazing. He still does this stuff." I um so one of those two things. So so we went to Mexico, and and one of the things that we did in Mexico, and I don't know if it's still there. Um, it was in Tijuana. Uh, there was this this uh, huge plot of land that was owned uh, by the Toyota uh, uh, Toyota by the car company Toyota. And what ended up happening is whenever whenever someone got deported and they got sent back to Mexico, you know, I guess it would get dropped off in Tijuana. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but. Instead of going back to their village or to their or to their towns, they would just stay there. And so, on this plot of land, they ended up building, you know, a, a shanty town. Is essentially what it was. I mean, the, the electricity they had was—you would see all these wires coming off the power lines. And as you're walking, you know, you'd have to be careful not to trip on a wire because then you're, you end know, up shutting the power down, probably for like ten houses. And then the the houses, these little—I mean, if you call them that, right—the houses were built. Uh, for the most part, like, out of pallets and cardboard. So one of the things that we did was uh, we got, uh, you know, they call it Oops Paint, I guess, at Home Depot. Uh, and we got, like, all these gallons of of Oops Paint, you know, of just paint that uh, was just messed up. And so we just bought it for, you know, for nothing. And we went around. And it's something so simple, right? We went around. We just said, hey, uh, the missionary that was there was like, hey, you know, these are some people that I have. These are some houses that have already, um talked to the people and and made the connections we're gonna go paint their little shacks is essentially what they are so our teams you know split up and we would go now because i speak spanish and my dad was with me and he spoke spanish and i think we were the only two that spoke spanish so they split us up and and as we're painting as we're painting these little these little houses you know i you know i or my father right would would talk to the the owners and and in that we would You know, share, you know, share the gospel. Hey, you know, you you know, because you would ask them, do you know, like, you know, do you know why we're here painting? And it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, something simple. simple. We're painting, but we're painting because uh, we just want to just show you a little bit of God's love, you know. And and the people, you know, the people's houses we painted, super excited. We would have people come up to us. And you're talking about something super simple, right? And and they would come up to us and they would say, "Hey, can you come paint my house?" You know. And then you look at their little building, and, and I was saying, walls are made out of pallets. You know, the pallets, the big pallets, made out of the pallets and boards and uh, plywood, whatever they could they could find. You know, the floors uh, are are made out of dirt. You know, uh, kind of uh, kind of a situation. So so we did that, and then. Uh, the other thing we did is we had a couple of outdoor events. And, and one of the things we did on, on one of the last days is we gave out tons, you know, just, a, you know, rice and beans uh, and clothes. Well, the day that we were giving out rice, beans and the clothes, you know, we just kept handing out, kept handing out, kept handing out. I mean, you, just you know, a lot of people came and, and some people even would. So like the husband would line up. And then the wife would get in line somewhere else, and then they might put their kids in line somewhere else so that they could get like three bags of rice or three bags of beans, you know. So they'd have, you know, six bags of rice and beans, which will feed you for for a long time. And so uh, at one point, uh, one of the coolers, they had run out of food. And so the girl looked, and there was nothing left, and she threw it uh, to the side. So as we were running out, one of the ladies says, hey, uh, we need more rice. You know we need more food, so can you look at that blue cooler? Because uh, the cooler was blue, and so the girl said, "Well, it's empty. I just checked it out, but I'll look at it again. You know, maybe I missed like a, a bag or two, you know, in the bottom or something." So she grabs it, pulls it up, opens it, and it was just full of full of rice. So we were able to give out, you know, more rice, and then at at that time. You know, it was just, they were just like, whoa, what happened? And, and as we're thinking, you know, later on that night, it's like, look, I, you know, that I was, I was a God thing. God, you know, provided more so that people could at least, if they couldn't get rice and beans, at least they could walk away uh, with some rice. So then the next day was our last day and we just had a little bit of, of paint left. So what did we do? We said, hey, let's go, like, just finish, finish the paint. And we had enough paint for maybe one, maybe one and a half, two of of the uh of the little uh you know shacks especially because some of them were pretty elaborate like they you know built them out so what do we do uh we go and and we start painting and we paint one and and uh, somebody would come and say hey can can you paint mine and and say well we got a little bit left you know we can paint with what we've got and they'd say oh that's perfectly fine and we go and paint and we end up painting theirs and then uh, somebody else would come and say hey can you can you paint mine? And we're like, okay. And, and so it was, I mean, we ended up painting something like four or five houses. That was just my team. Uh, the other team that was off, they couldn't get rid of the paint. I mean, it got to a point where it was like, Hey, Hey guys, we got to go because we had to, we had to cross uh, into San Diego. We had to get our stuff. We were doing vacation Bible school in San Diego. I think we had to finish that last night, uh, pack up our stuff and get ready to leave the next day. And we just, I mean, we just could not run out of paint And, you know, the bottom of the, it was these five gallon drums, or five gallon paint buckets, and um, I believe it was five gallons, and at the bottom, um, probably had about two inches deep, right, two inches worth of, of paint, and it just would not run out, might have been, one. it might have been a little less than that, I, you know, it's, it's been a while, but I do know that we had more, we, we were able to continue painting beyond what we should have been able uh, to paint, and in those moments, you know, one of the things that I learned was that, hey, God, man, God provides. And, 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 and if you're doing, especially when, when it's for something that's for His glory, you know God provides, because those are like five or six more houses that me and my, so I was like to say like 10 houses, right? 10, 12 houses that heard the gospel because a paint wouldn't run out, wouldn't run out. I mean, that paint would not run out. My dad's over there sharing the gospel, I'm over there sharing the gospel, and we probably have 10 houses, like I said, 10 or 12 houses uh, of, of folks that were able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, it's always exciting. So, that's why, you know, I'm always, you know, a big proponent of, you know, going out on, on mission trips. One of my last mission trip stories, I remember I was in, in college and I went to prison, and They asked me to preach. I was like, why can't you, you know, we want you to preach both services in this prison? And I remember that the first prison, I mean, the first service, you know, things were like going great. I gave the message. And I remember thinking, you know, only like one or two guys stood up. Now that I'm older, you know, it's like a one person stands up and accepts Christ. It's amazing, right? That's a miracle, right? Um, But as a young cat, you know, as a young boy, as a young man, um, I was upset. I was like, man, only one person. And that was a pretty good sermon. I was super excited. I mean, it was a good sermon. You know, don't don't believe the hype. You know, it was a good sermon. Pastors, no, I'm not a pastor. I'm I will. But when you speak, when you've spoken, uh, in in ministry opportunities, like you know when you got a good sermon, you're just like, yeah, I I killed it with that sermon. That's what I thought. But guess what? one person and I was so upset. I was just so upset. Uh so then as we are waiting uh so that we can get the second service started all of a sudden, you know, just stuff started, you know, happening. The uh we had a girl that w- that was singing off of a track and the uh the tr- the machine broke. So her track uh wasn't available. And so uh you know, everything was just like all kinds of things are happening and um she had to sing a cappella. We couldn't even do worship, really, because, you know, we, we were using the keyboard, and the keyboard quit working. So we're like, all right, well, we're just going to keep this one short. Uh, hey, you know, the girl sang a song, a cappella. Then, Joaquin, you give them the message. So uh, I'm like, okay, sure, we'll make it work. Because I was like, man, I got a great message. And so... <laughs> And so uh, the prisoners come in. As the prisoners come in, there's, like, a completely different vibe. Like, the first set of prisoners that had come in for the first service, um, like, the vibe was, like, they wanted to be there, right? The second service of, of guys that came in, you got that vibe, like, they were only there because why not? There's nothing else to do. So the girl gets up and, and sings this song, and, I mean, the atmosphere changed. and and, and But I, I was – i was so caught up i i didn't you know i didn't really quite understand what had happened so then i go up to speak and um i gave what i would consider my my uh my uh craziest message right because i was saying things that i'm like why as i'm saying these things i'm like why are you saying this you know uh we're in jail, and and uh, looking at these guys, and some of these guys older than me, some probably my age, and and I look at them I'm like you're all in here because you did something, you got caught. <laughs> you know, I'm telling all these prisoners, you're in jail because you you got caught. Um, and and I'm saying, I'm like, why are you saying that? Don't upset them, you know, because everyone's innocent in prison, right? And so, I gave that, I gave what I thought was just, I mean, I I finished and and I handed it over. And I thought man this message was was booty it was it was just stunk right and they do the altar call and I'll never forget like you know there's probably twenty five maybe thirty guys in there and uh seventeen stood up to accept I'll never forget that number seventeen stood up uh and came forward because they wanted to pray with the pastors that were there uh to accept Christ into their heart. And as I'm sitting and I'm watching 17 guys, I'm like, wow, you know, the thing that I learned was this, it's not about you, stupid, like, you know, um, right. This, that's what I said to myself in my head. It was like, you know, listen, man, I, know, seriously, what I learned was this is that, you know, when you present the gospel guys in, in any aspect of our lives, all we got to do is share the gospel. Let the Holy spirit do the work. Let God do the work. We just gotta be, we just gotta be prepared, and we gotta be ready to share it. And then you know what? Let the chips fall where they may, because ultimately it is God who calls uh, people to Him. So wow, it's just um, so. It, so with that being said, um, you know, I, well, I guess since I'm rolling solo, we're just a little more serious that I don't have anybody to joke off of. But with that being said, we're just gonna go ahead and jump into. I mean, it looks like, it looks like it's gonna be actually gonna be about an hour long podcast. I, I could talk for a long time. Uh, we're gonna jump into uh I guess the second part of what we started last week. Now, last week uh we looked in uh Samuel, uh 2 Samuel uh chapter eleven, and it was the story of uh David, uh it, well, it's a chapter where it talks about David and Bathsheba. And the big thing that, that we had kind of stepped into and the, the big kind of overarching picture, you know, we didn't um, it's because it's not about, you know, oh, picking out like, oh, well, here's three life lessons for you to learn. But what what I hope we were able to accomplish is the fact that we were looking at the, a, a big picture. What can we learn from the big picture instead of trying to find things to pluck out of, of the whole story? Um, you know, because, you know, sometimes when we read stuff, right, you know, we don't read a book and just go, well, you know, these are the three things that I, I like the most out of this book. You know, it's usually these ideas, right? These are the ideas that I liked out of this book. Um, and so that's what we had, hopefully we did with the with the uh, the chapter, chapter 12, excuse me, chapter 11. And the big picture was this, you know, the very first the very first verses in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. David sent Joab. Um. And the very last part, I said, but David remained at home. And the idea was that as believers, you know, we, at the very minimum, right, we're called to love the Lord, you know, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're called to uh, love our neighbor as ourself. We're, lo- we're called to uh, go out and make disciples, you know, baptizing you know, in the name of the Spirit. You know, th- this is what, at a minimum, right? At a minimum, as believers, you know, we... You know, need to read this, you know, read the scripture, uh, be in the word. Uh, you know, we need to pray, right? Communicate with God, pray with God. And we need to live the word out in our lives, right? And how do we live that out? By doing those earlier things. Love the Lord your God uh, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go out and make disciples. You know, so that's, so at a minimum, that's that's what we need to do, right? That's That's what we need to be at. David wasn't. David wasn't doing what he was supposed to do at a minimum. At a minimum, David is a king, or the maximum, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. But David should have been at war. Where was David? David stayed home. David wasn't where he was supposed to be. And because David wasn't where he was supposed to be, he fell, or he didn't fall, right? Because last week we said, you don't fall into, you know, we don't fall into sin. We always step into it. And we always step into it willingly. All right, I'm going to put that out there. Um, You know, because he wasn't at war, he wasn't with his soldiers, he wasn't in battle where he was supposed to be, because David was a, you know, um, David was a warrior king. Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he ends up walking on the roof, seeing the naked lady, going, naked lady, pretty lady, bring pretty lady over, has sex with pretty lady, gets pretty lady pregnant, calls pretty lady's husband to from from battle to come so, so that her husband can you know so he can say like oh hey what's going on man everything's cool hey go sleep with your pretty wife so that when he comes back from war if she's like oh i'm pregnant he'll say oh that's my baby and he can, you know because you know if he's i guess you know <laughs> nine months so they will probably keep him out there for like 11 months you know before he he brought him back um so he would so you wouldn't be able to do the math. Um The the pretty lady's husband wouldn't uh go home because he was a man of integrity. Uh so David sends you know that's how I think about how messed up that is. David gives the guy the letter that in the letter says, Hey, make sure this dude dies, uh, in the next in the next big battle. Uh so, so because David wasn't where he was supposed to be, right? He he commits adultery, deception, um, murder. And the thing with sin, right, is that it starts off little, but sin always seems to increase. It always seems to get worse and worse. You know, we don't, we don't sin. You know, our sin. You know, we. In other words, you know, you don't, you don't start off with. You know, you don't. Uh, you know, if you have to tell, a, if you tell a lie, like I say, if you tell a lie, then you got to you got to maintain that lie. And so the lies get bigger because you've got to cover the lies. Right. And and so David had to cover the lies and the, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And so at the end, at the end of, of uh, verse 11, uh, excuse me, chapter 11, what we see is David uh, having sent. Uh this guy who was his servant, who was a warrior for him, who was like a loyal dude. Uh he went um and the guy got killed. And so when he gets news back that the that the guy gets killed, he goes and he gets pretty lady and he brings her home. And you know, to live with him. And it turns out she's pregnant, right? And so well, we we know that she's pregnant because she told David. That's how the whole thing started. So we know that you know, so so the to so she comes to live with him, and and the Lord tells us, you know, that the Lord uh, was displeased. You know, God is not happy when we sin, uh, because it causes us to a lose connection with Him, and because He wants better for us. It's like you know, if you're a parent, I'm not a parent, so I'm I'm gonna assume. I'm kind of making an assumption based on how my my parents have treated me, right? But whenever I don't do something or whenever I I didn't do something that they thought I should have done, they would be displeased with me, right? Because, you know, they were like, that would have been, you know, a better um, outcome for you. Like, this is a better opportunity for you. Uh, One of the funny things is I got a younger sister, and and, uh, right now she's a waitress. And nothing wrong with that. But my mom, my parents you know, would hope that she would have a better job when with health insurance. And um, so they always give her, like, you know, they always send her links to, like, jobs, you know, receptionists, office jobs, and, um, you know, they'll ask, what did you apply? And they're like, she'll be like, no, I didn't. And you can see the look of displeasure, right? And so it's not because they hate her. It's not because they're angry with her uh, in that in that sense, but it's because they want better for her. So, you know, when God is displeased with us, it's it's not about, it's not about, you know, like the God is just angry to be angry, but it's more of of a displeasure. I I believe in the sense that he wants so much more for us. And so here's David, right? A guy that, you know, is known, is known as a guy after God's own heart. And, uh, You know, God's watching him and he doesn't go to war like he's supposed to. He doesn't go, doesn't do what he is, what his job is as king. God put him as king to protect Israel and to lead Israel. You know, a warrior king. He didn't do that. And it displeases God. And so what we want to look at today real quick, and I'm not going to, because of time, we're not just going to we're not going to jump in too hardcore into the verse. cuz there's a lot of bible verses. We're talking 2 Samuel chapter 12 verses 1 through 15. And and then we're also going to quickly look at a Psalm 51, which is which is tied in tied into this. There's a lot a lot of verses, but we're going to we're going to kind of hit a couple of uh a couple of spots here. Now, uh to kind of give you the Joaquin uh, version of this. Uh, so we'll, we'll start with, uh, verse one. Uh, and this is the very first sentence. And then we'll go from there. And that's this, it says, and the Lord sent Nathan to David. Now, David committed sin. David committed murder. David committed deceit. And then he brought this woman to live with him. Uh, and and acted like nothing. You know, a lot of times, right? We that's that's what we do, right? We commit sins and sins and sins and sins, and we get so we get so lost and we get so deep into that into the into the the sin that we're committing that we we kind of grow a little bit callous to it. We stop hearing from the whole, you know we we stop listening you know, to the Holy Spirit. We stop listening to the Lord. We, it's like he's telling us, yo, I need you to come back, come back. And we just, you know, we don't hear it. It just, it's like it hits our head, like our heads up, like our heads a brick wall, you know, and, and his word just isn't, isn't busting through. So sometimes, you know, and and this is uh, definitely a picture we see in the Old Testament is God would, right, so God would send a prophet, right, to to go and talk. Um, to the people of israel or to a specific person uh you know saul king saul you know samuel will be like dude you you messed up this is why god's gonna you know take guys <laughs> that's why god's gonna remove you from being the king so he sends you know and that's because right because saul was unrepentant right so this so and, and this, is, this is gonna tie in here in, in a second here right so You know, so we see, like, a picture of Samuel. Samuel going to Saul, and Samuel's like, why did you do this? And, you know, Samuel's like, because I wanted to, because I wasn't going to wait for you or whatever. And, you know, he's like, Samuel's like, you know, well, you're being removed. You're not going to be king no more. Like, deal with it. And Saul did not deal with it very well. But God, you know, and I believe this with all my heart, right? So God will send people into our lives to shake us up and to wake us up uh, from the sin that we're in, that kind of rhymed, right? So we're 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 gonna look at the very first sentence, and then we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna condense everything else. And the very first sentence was, "And the Lord sent Nathan to David." The Lord sent Nathan to David. If you are listening to this and you know that you're just, you know you know you're you're some kind of sin and you're kind of there, but you're just like I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do, you know the Lord. The Lord will send someone to you, whether it's through the Holy Spirit, whether it's uh, through a through a message uh, wh- wh- whatever the situation is going to, you know, h- however God sends it to you for you to hear it. Right. For you to at least hear it so that then you can react. All right, so so here we have. uh Nathan uh, comes to David, and Nathan says, Hey David, uh, let me tell you a story. Right? So here's what Nathan, here's what Nathan tells David. Right? Nathan says, David, I'm gonna tell you a story. See, there's two men in a city: one rich, one poor. Now the rich man has all kinds of lambs and, and, uh, and livestock and money and riches. The poor man, well, he only has this one little lamb that, that he bought. And so he's raised this lamb. Uh, the lamb is like, a, is like a family member, right? He's had this lamb all this time. It's like a family member. Well, the rich guy uh, has some friends that come visit and so because uh, part of the culture, right, is, is hospitality, right? Puerto Ricans are like this, right? If, uh, if, people, if people come to your house to visit, Puerto Rican mamas will, will, you know, will say, hey, have you guys eaten? Hey, let me make some rice and beans, right? And we're going to feed you uh, some rice and beans. If we got some plantains, we'll make some tostones, you know, some pollo, some chicken, whatever, right? Uh, and they'll just they'll feed people like that's kind of like this uh, this stereotype about Puerto Rican families and Puerto Rican mamas right and grandmamas you know they will feed you if you go visit your Puerto Rican grandmother she'll are you hungry and she'll feed you And you might not you know, you know she'll call you fat and then she'll then she'll feed you right um, so right so this rich guy he's got guests so he says you know what we gotta feed our guests so he goes and he gets and he takes the lamb. Of the poor guy. Now the rich guy had plenty of lambs. Tons of lambs. Lots of lambs. But he goes and he takes the lamb. That belonged to the poor guy. And he cooks it for his guests. Well, when David hears this. Right. David gets incensed. Right. He gets angry. The word says that. David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he says to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now, Nathan looks at David and says, you are that man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And and if this were too little, I would have I would have I would have added to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. So you didn't even kill him yourself. You sent him to his death. I mean, in, in a way, that's almost like, you know, you were a bit of a you, even a, you were even a coward in killing him. You killed him with the sword, but you didn't even kill him with your sword. You, you sent him to his death. Um, now, therefore... The sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For, for you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because of this deed, you have utterly scorned the Lord. And the child who was born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. So, right, overarching what we see here. We see kind of a couple of things, right, um, that I think uh, can be ins- instructional for us. Uh number one versus the first five verses and i kind of broke them through verses like i said there were verses uh second samuel 12 uh 1 through 15 and this is and this is it and then we're going to jump to psalm uh, 51 real quick uh david first the first five verses david is con- con- uh confront confronted of his sin by the prophet so so listen when when we are in sin right we There comes a point where 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 someone in our life will call us out on it, or will try to point it out, right? And a lot of times, this is where, and this is where you know we get this whole like, "Don't judge me, you can't judge me, don't judge lest you be judged," right? Because because we wanted to kind of take that uh, as as a way of saying, "Hey, you know, don't call me out on my stuff," even though that's not scriptural at all. Nathan called David out on his sin, right? And he and he pointed it out to him. He said. You know, listen, dude, you took from a man who only had a little when you had a lot. Then, so he, he confronts him, verses 1 through 5. Then verses 7 through 8, Nathan calls David out on his sin and is reminded of all he has put into jeopardy. Now, by that I say this, you know, when Nathan says to him, right, Nathan says, uh, you know, he goes, you're you're that guy, and then uh, Nathan says, "Listen, the Lord says, man, I gave you all this stuff. I provided all of this stuff for you. right? I blessed you immeasurably. I would have given you more." whoops, sorry about that. I would have given you more, but you had to, but you had to go against me, but you had to be greedy, but you had to sin. And then not only did you sin, but you did something that I despise. What you did, I despise. You committed adultery, deceit, and death. So because of this, verses 9 through 12, Nathan tells David that his house has changed forever due, and I added this, due to his willful sinning. Because David did it willfully, right? Right? Listen, we don't fall into sin. We step into it. When I sin, it's not where I, all of a sudden I'm driving down the road and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. No, I'm, it's, it's, yo, yo, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to allow the flesh uh, to control and to step in. And then Nathan tells him essentially this. Evil is coming to ravage your house. Your house has changed forever because now, see, I could have given you more. I could have blessed you even more. But because you did this sin, this sin that I despise, and then you did it, you know, remember, David saw her at night. And he had her come over at night. He did it in secret, right, or or what he thought was secret. And God said what? God said, "Uh uh-uh, homie. Now... Now all that you have, your house is forever changed. And I'm going to give what you have to others. And I'm going to they're gonna and I'm gonna do it in the daylight. This is not gonna be secret. Your enemies are gonna come and they're gonna take your stuff and they're gonna take it where people can see it. See, sin, while we do sin in the dark, the consequences of that of those sins come in the light. And everyone, everyone sees. It's like um you know, uh, I mean, we, and we read about all the time, right? Where you, you know, pastors or politicians um, or teachers, right? People of authority, where they, they have inappropriate relationships uh, with students or with uh, um, subordinates or, or you know, prostitutes or whatever. Uh, and you know, when when those sins are discovered, right, they're not kept quiet. They come out, and then everyone hears about it. Everyone sees what they've done, because you can't keep it hidden. I I read about a pastor who had cheated on his wife. Right, he comes home. Uh, he cheated on his wife er- like a couple years earlier, right? And they tried to keep that hushed. He comes home, he finds his wife cheating on him. He cheats on his wife who cheated on him because he felt cheated, and and he went and immediately got into an inappropriate. Relationship with someone that led led to, to adultery uh, again. Gets fired. Gets hired by somewhere else. Another church after months, a few months of counseling and, and whatever. And then it comes out. The very first affair comes out. And and he and he loses that job at that church. You know. But so the, the thing is this: it, it's you know, it's it's the fact that right. The the point is this right: is that it all comes out. It comes out you're not going to keep it hidden and if you've got to do it in secret then you know you don't need to do it right and we're not obviously we're not talking about you're planning surprise party right we're talking about if you're doing something you you know you willfully know sin it's like you're hooking up with some girl or 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 you you know if uh, you're stealing or whatever it is and you're doing it in secret and you're doing it quiet right when you get caught when it comes out it comes out where everyone knows it comes out in the light. The light exposes that, and that's what God tells David: what you did in secret is gonna, it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out in the in the in the light. Now, verses thirteen to fourteen, um, it's very key, right? David repents and is forgiven, but he still has the full consequence of his sin. His house is falling apart, and the child that is going to be born of Bathsheba is going to die. right? David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan says to David, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. The Lord has forgiven you because you've repented. The Lord has forgiven you. Your repentance is heartfelt. The Lord has forgiven you, but you're still going to face the consequences. And then the last verse says, Nathan leaves. He leaves because once you know, and, and think of it this way, you know, once the sin has been confronted and forgiveness has been granted, the matter is over. See, when we talk about God, you know, uh, I think a couple of weeks back, we talked about God forgiving our sins as, long as far as the east is from the west. God forgets. God pushes it away. You know, God blots blots out our transgressions. What what that is saying, right, is that it's no more. Right. Once true repentance has happened, it's no more. And that's what's such a beautiful picture of, of what happens here, right? Is that the sin has been confronted, repentance has happened. There's no reason for David for Nathan to stay around. Nathan leaves. Prophet says, Yo, it's done. I'm out. Once once the sin in our lives gets confronted, if it gets confronted by a friend, a brother, a pastor, Scripture, Holy Spirit, however however it gets confronted, once repentance has happened, it's done. It's over with. Beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. And so and so I, I wanted to share I wanted to share quickly this psalm. Um and it's Psalm fifty one. Because Psalm fifty one uh was written uh after right after this, so Nathan leaves and and, and David writes, uh, writes this this psalm. It's just, it's a it's a beautiful psalm, because it's a psalm that psalm that that it's a psalm of about repentance. It's a psalm that I think is is very uh, helpful for us when we're talking about well how do I, how do I begin this this process? How do I begin this, uh, this walk of repentance? Um, and so. It's, uh, it's actually about, uh, 20 ver, 19 verses, but I, you know, and so what I'm going to do is, um, I was going to point out a couple of things and I, and, you know, I encourage you to read it, uh, Psalm 51 and, and, and this is how this Psalm breaks down. It's and and it's a Psalm, um, you know, I, I call it the pattern, pattern of repentance. And, and this is and this is how this works. The first the first two verses are, is the psalmist, is David crying out, saying, "You know, God, you know, have mercy on me." He says, "You know, very first verse, have mercy on me, O God, according to the your steadfast love and according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. You know, get rid of them." Okay. Verses three through five, it's David owning up to his sin. You know, he says, "Yes." He goes, "I have, I have sinned against you." Um, verse five says, "Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and, and sin; did my mother conceive me?" Behold, you delight in truth and the inward being, and you teach me to the wisdom of your heart, are the secret wisdom in the secret heart. And so, I own up to your sin. You know, uh, to to experience repentance, own up to your sin. You can't. Well, I didn't, No, no, own up to it. Uh, verse three, seek verse, uh, excuse me, uh, verses six through 13 is, is, uh, the writer seeking restoration and renewal. Um, you know, that's where the very, 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 you know, popular, right. Very well-known verse, uh, in verse six, uh, uh, let's see where that, or verse 10, right. Creating me a clean heart oh God and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And so in it, he asks God to restore him, to create a, to create a new. So, you know, take that old death, that, take that old part that was, that was corrupted by sin, and create it new. And, and And Scripture tells us the Lord to do that. Once we're renewed, so here's the, here's the thing, right? So have mercy on me, own up to the sin, seek restoration renewal, and then he says, I will worship, then I will worship truly. Verses 14 through 17, um, you know, ver- verse 14 uh, kind of starts like this. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. You know, if you're, if you're wondering, like, why is it that I seem just to not be able to worship? Why is it that I feel like I'm not connecting? It's because you have something, you have some sin in you that you, you haven't confessed, that you haven't owned up to, to the Lord. And then the fifth, the fifth point, um, as we're as we're nearing our end here, the fifth point is this. Uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're labeled it as uh, verses eighteen to nineteen. Do good to Zion. Um, not in 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 there he talks about Jerusalem, but you know, um, way to look at it is this health of the whole body, and not just the body of. The person, but the body of the church. You know, if, if the church is the body of Christ, if we're in sin, it's like it's like that. The a part of that body is sick, right? And so we know, right? When 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 a part of our body is sick, uh, the rest of our body doesn't function at its peak condition. Uh, a couple of weeks uh, last week, I was I was feeling ill. My stomach was all messed up, and I, uh, I wasn't feeling well. Right, so I wasn't I wasn't able to operate at my optimum silly efficiency, my optimum efficiency in silliness. Right, only only when I got rid of what was that bug or that thing that was in me that was causing me not to feel well, uh, was I able to interact with people like I normally do. <clears throat> the church body, right. If, if we've got sin unconfessed and it festers, it's, it's like, you know, getting a sore, you know, on your lip or, or something. And it's just ugly and it doesn't look good. And, it, and you know, it, if it's a sore and, and it gets bad enough, it can, it can cause damage to the rest of your body. Right. It's, it's kind of like that flesh eating bacteria stuff. That, you know, if it, they don't catch it early, you end up losing limbs. Right. And that's sin. And that's believe unrepentant believers in the body. If we're unrepentant, it's like we're causing turmoil in the body of Christ. And the body of Christ then won't be able to operate, right, in, in the fullness of what God has for it. So uh, with that being said, you know, and as we're wrapping up, and we're going to wrap up with a very cool way, I think. First of all, wow, I did an hour. Who would have thought? I love to talk. Second of all, uh, hey guys, um, uh, don't forget, this is com. Listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast at uh, soundcloud.com forward slash overflow podcast uh, or you can just do a search on Google Play Music uh, and find us there. And so I want to, you know, so I just want to throw that out real quick. want to give a shout out to our homie, uh, Tony Montana, a.k.a. Scarface, who uh, uh, listened uh It was very polite today and listening uh, uh, to the podcast. And so I want to leave you guys with uh, two things. Uh, Number one is. uh, What. What what do you have in you? What sin are you rolling with? That is causing you to not connect with God uh, the way your heart desires. what are you doing willingly and you know this isn't for you this is for me too because i this is a, this is i've got to check myself too um so remember guys what what is it what is it what is it that needs con- confrontation and repentance so that then you can you know participate and do the things that we saw like in psalm 51. And so that we can experience that healing and that repentance and listen, we're not immune to the consequences of our sin next week we're going to talk about the that what happens when you face that consequence of um, uh, for David it was with, with that baby dying what happens when you face we're going to look at that next week how do you how do you move from that consequence so what are the consequences that we're facing what are the consequences you're facing because of your sin that you need to repent from and then you need to uh, go back to to following the Lord, deal with those consequences, and get right with Him, and get and, you know in a right spirit, so that He can create that new spirit in you, as in Psalm fifty one says. And so, um, listen. With that being said, we're going to end today a little differently. We're going to end with a song uh, uh, by a group called Jars of Clay. They've been around forever. And the name of the song is called "God Be Merciful to Me," which is Psalm, essentially Psalm fifty one. Is put to song. And I thought that'd be a great way to end for today. So as we're as we're about to kick this song um, off, I just want to say, hey, glad that you guys uh, hung out with me today. I did talk for a long time. The podcast pa, pod the bleh, bleh, the podcast is going to be as long as it normally is. Look at that. Um, I can't talk for hours and hours. And um, hey, guys, uh, we love you. Uh, next week jay should be with us uh this is the uh this is joaquin uh with the overflow podcast that uh this is outcry.com and we're ending now with god be merciful to me psalm 51 by jars of clay and it's coming up now at some point
0: Cleanse me from my sleep. trite heart rejoice and in gladness hear thy voice from my sins oh hide thy face and block the mountain boundless grace